Alright. Y'all might need some tissues for this one. This is a life short. Talk fast. <laughs> Actually, got it in this time in the beginning of the video. I'm as shocked as you are. I, I uh, I'm gonna be real honest with y'all. I don't know what the fuck this podcast is. It's like I'm doing advice, kind of, and I'm also doing like opinions. But I feel like a lot of it's more like my personal experience, and I'm kind of just em emptying that onto the world. Um, that might sound a little bit different this week. Uh, I am recording on my, whoop, I am recording on my phone because, uh, well, my computer's being a butthole. So, <laughs> I am using my headphones to record this episode. Um, but this week, as you might have heard from the opening of this, uh, audio Y'all might need some damn tissues because, uh, it's about to get real sad up in here. I got waterproof mascara on, but I don't know how much that's going to help me. Um, the reason I say all of this is because this week I kind of wanted to go over dealing with a loss. You know, whatever kind of loss that is, like a loss of a friend, um, a loss of a family member, or uh, a pet. Which, I mean, I personally find her family members, but I digress. <laughs> um, so, that's kind of what I wanted to do this week. And for me, this is a very difficult thing to talk about personally. Um, because the person I'm going to talk about is probably one of the most prominent people in my life that I've ever lost. I'm really sorry. You can hear, like, rattling around. I'm getting a blanket for myself because it's cold. <laughs> um... But, so, this is a super hard topic for me, so I'm sure I'll cry. I'm going to try to trim some of it out and edit some of it, but I make no promises that you guys will not also be sad. <laughs> so, I kind of want to just do a little backstory about this because I think that's super important. I, uh... Um, sorry, I like, I had this planned out, but I didn't write anything down because, I mean, you just kind of have to go with your gut when you kind of talk about this stuff, so it's just a little hard for me to start, but basically, I had an aunt that watched me growing up while my, um, mom was working or she was busy, and so I just had someone very, very close to me. And I remember when she stopped watching me, my cousin was watching me. And so I would always, always be over at my aunt's house. And my aunt's name uh, was Debbie. And anyone who knew her couldn't possibly say a bad thing about her. And if they could, they were lying. <laughs> she, and I know a lot of people say that, like, oh, well... That's your family member. You're never going to think anything bad of them. But she was honestly a woman of God. She praised him. She believed in him. And uh, 
she saw the light where some people just didn't. And she took the Bible extremely seriously, and there's nothing against that, but that was just her way, and that's kind of just how she grew up and got to know herself, and she was not a judgmental person, but she just wanted to help everyone, and while some things now, as I'm older, I don't necessarily agree with her with, on her with, things that she was disagreed with that I agree with which is just a different topic for a different day but still everything she did she did because of God and although I'm not a very religious person it's something very inspiring uh to think about when someone just does something because they think it's right and they think it's what's best and she was a truly truly kind person and every day, I am so thankful that I had her in my life, even if it was for a um, short amount of time. Um, so, I was always over her house. And the first place that I remember her living in was a townhome with my aunt. I'm sorry, not with my aunt, but with my cousin and um, my uncle and my nana. So, her two kids lived there. My uncle's daughter lived there, which was her stepdaughter, and uh, my uncle's mother. And my memories of just being there were just so much fun. I Everyone wanted to be there because, she was. first of all, she was an amazing host. And everyone adored her. I mean, maybe people <laughs> would have been mad because she was just so nice and they were, I don't know... <laughs> Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, I mean, she was such a generous and loving person. And she was just, she was so much fun. And one thing about her, because she, she truly was a woman that just believed so much and gave all of her faith to God. She wouldn't say, oh my God. She would either say, oh my gosh. Or one thing that I think me and my family remember so clearly and to this day, I can still hear her voice when she says it. But she would say, OMG. And, uh, she was just such a fun and happy person. And I remember one time I told her that she reminded me of, uh, looks wise of Laura Lai Gilmore. And she goes, sure, but just not the personality. <laughs> she was just so offended. But, um, I mean, I love Laura Lai Gilmore, so whatever, but <sighs> she just had this way about her that just... I don't know what it was, but she just lit up a room. She made everyone happy. I mean, I was type, I, I'm going to be honest. I felt like the black sheep of the family sometimes. And my other cousin, I'm sure, would attest to that. She felt the same. But Debbie just always wanted you to feel that you were loved and that you were included and that you mattered to this family. And um, sometimes it felt like she was the one that held everything together. And I spent a lot of time at that town home, and I spent a lot of time in the basement with my cousin playing on his PlayStation, and I spent a lot of time with my cousin as she watched me and then took naps while she was watching me and told me to not tell my aunt because she would be in so much trouble. And we had Christmas there and Thanksgiving, and it was a town home. It wasn't huge. 
but there was it just you felt like there was so much room in that home because there was just so much love and there was so much welcomeness <laughs> when you walked in and she just made you truly feel like you belonged there and she saw the good in so many people even if maybe some people didn't see it which is what my grandmother told me sometimes she would tell me oh you see the good in people even if it's uh buried far under but um I mean she was just such a beautiful person and she orchestrated this um trip every year to go to the Outer Banks for summer the whole family we get a huge house and like 20 rooms and there'd be elevators and a pool table and a, and a pool and a hot tub and we'd bring uh, her dog or my cousin's dog but really honestly my aunt's dog Gizmo and it was just it was just a way to kind of connect us all back together sometimes when we lost touch um not crying yet I promise <laughs> um but I don't even remember when that stopped I think it just got harder for everyone I can't even remember. I think oh boy I can't remember I think it might have stopped when um she was sick because um, I think they sold the town home and they moved into a new home, my aunt and my uncle, because they needed something bigger. It was just a lot of people in one place. Uh, you know, my cousin wasn't willing to move out. <laughs> I don't think, I don't remember him moving out until it was like 30 <laughs> out of home. But I mean, whatever. He can do whatever he wants. Whatever. He's old. Um <laughs> But just, you know, it was a lot going on. My cousin got pregnant um, with her beautiful daughter, who is just a blessing upon all of us. But I think I wasn't told a lot, which makes it harder sometimes. But um, pretty much maybe a year after being in that home, She was diagnosed with cancer and um, not a lot of us, or especially I didn't know that much about it. I didn't really know much about it until she was in, I, I guess, remission, but then ended up getting cancer again and she got pancreatic cancer, which is one of the worst cancers, which I, I'm not saying any other cancer isn't bad. But this one, I guess, um, I don't know. People say that it's one of the worst because it just spreads so quickly. And um, when she died, she had that. She had brain cancer. I think she had lung cancer. And it, it was so much to take in because suddenly I was blaming myself for not spending more time with her when she was trying to spend time with me and being a bratty teenager that just didn't get how severe the situation was and I do wish that my family would have been more open and honest about you know what happened and 
really not cover shit up with me. Um, but I mean, that's family. They just wanted to protect me. And, uh, she died in April of, uh, 2011, April 10th. And it was one of the hardest things I think our entire family has ever gone through. Um, yeah, I'm crying. <laughs> uh, she was just a light in all of our lives. I mean, she was just, she was so strong. I mean, she just still wanted to help people even when she was sick and she shouldn't have been out, but that was all she wanted to do. And I, I remember we were all sitting there. I mean, so many family members were in town and I stayed over at the house because I just wanted to be there. And I remember we all were just watching a movie and just suddenly I had a panic attack because something felt wrong. It was like something in my body was telling me something's not okay. Some, something's going to happen. And it just felt terrible. And I was shaking and I just felt so, so terrible. And after that, <sighs> um, I remember listening. I remember hearing her trying to breathe and it sounded like the biggest struggle in the world. It sounded like she was just gasping for one last breath. And it finally calmed down. She hadn't passed on. Um, And so me and my cousin went downstairs into the basement and just tried to get some sleep while my other cousin and my uncle stayed up there next to her and my uncle came downstairs my my cousin freaked out because I mean that's her mom but it was also just you know he was like no no I'm just I'm making sure you're okay you know scared the shit out of us but he just wanted to make sure that we were okay and then I think at some point we finally fell asleep but Next thing you know, we're being woken up by my cousin coming downstairs telling us that my aunt and my cousin's mom, both my cousin's mom, passed away at so early. It was so early. Um, I don't even know what time it was. I just remember being stunned. And I didn't know what... I. I just sat there, and I remember it so vividly. I sat there shocked. I didn't, I wasn't crying. I wasn't anything. I was just sitting there with my hand over my mouth. I couldn't even believe that it was true, and my cousin kind of broke me out of it a little and asked me if I was okay, and I just shook my head yes because I didn't know what I was at that time, but... I just remember him going, no, you're not, and pulling me in and just hugging me 
And I think at that point was when I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not okay. I am so sad. And um, I remember before that she'd sat us all down and was like, I just want you to know that I love all of you. And I'm so grateful for all of you. And I remember my cousin saying that after she passed away, he felt the couch move. Um, and it just, you know, seemed like maybe it was her. And this is something that's... Super hard because... I mean, I'm obviously not quite over it. <laughs> so, um, but we all had to go in. We didn't have to, but we did. We wanted to go say goodbye. And I, okay, <laughs> I, I saw her just laying there. And she looked like a skeleton, and she didn't look like me yet. <laughs> and it was one of the hardest things to see someone that you love just not be who they were and who you remember them as. And, um,. <laughs> I, I couldn't even say goodbye because I felt like I wasn't saying goodbye to her. I felt like I was saying goodbye to someone that just kind of looked like her, but couldn't possibly be her. I'm so sorry. I'm trying really hard not to cry. And honestly, normally I can't talk while I'm crying. So this is an achievement for me, but I just, I couldn't even say goodbye to her. I said, I think I told her I loved her, but I just couldn't look because it hurt so much to know that someone that you love isn't there anymore. And the person you're looking at just doesn't seem like the person you remember who was bubbly and, for lack of a better phrase, full of life. I'm going to hell for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just, I had to leave and I had to just go somewhere else and not, I couldn't look at her. I couldn't. It was so fucking hard. <sighs> but what was harder was well, this wasn't harder. This was just on the same level of absolute heartbreak was my cousin had a daughter and uh, I think she was two. I don't remember. There are just so many things that I can't remember from that day. She's 11 now. So I guess she was two. I don't know. <laughs> she could talk and she could walk. That's all I know. And we, we had to take her into the room where my aunt was, which was just the living room. And uh, she had her hospice bed. And it was gone because she was gone. And uh, we walked in there. 
we just kind of all did it together. Just trying to show her around because at two years old, what the hell do you know? You know, or whatever age she was, I don't know. But, you know, at that age, when she has no clue what death is and what it means when someone's just gone. And all she knew was her grandma was in that room in a bed all the time. And then suddenly she walked in and she wasn't there. And I can still hear her go, where's grandma? And I, I just couldn't handle that. And I just turned around and sat down by the wall and just cried. And I just remember my grandma coming over to me and asking me if I was okay. And I mean, no, (laughs) but it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through because no one understood how I personally felt, you know, I mean, people can say, oh, I understand that you're so upset, you know, this whole family is, and I I do get that, don't get me wrong, but no one knows how you truly, truly feel, and I felt like I lost someone that I could always confide in, and I could go to, and I could trust, even if I didn't want to tell her everything, even if I wanted even if I didn't want to tell her how sometimes I just felt really, really sad. And not because she had cancer, but just because I just felt really, really sad. And how being a teenager fucking sucks. And being in a school where people really just beat the shit out of you, like, not physically, but like, when you're just always embarrassed and people think you're weird as shit, but they beat it out of you to stop giving a shit, it, you know, I had her to turn to, even though I didn't. And I just knew that I always had someone there that was going to be on my side no matter what. And suddenly she wasn't there anymore. And I was... I was supposed to go to London for my sweet 16. And so I was really at that peak, annoying-ass fucking teenager stage. Um, and, I mean, we still went because everyone was like, you have to go. This is what Debbie would have wanted. And I remember <laughs> just one night, after just really just trying to be happy, mom and dad were asleep. And I just, I cried because I didn't know what else to do. I hated being happy. But I knew that's what she would want. But I just didn't feel like I had the time to come to terms with it because suddenly I was regretting not trying to really be present more when she was trying to spend time with me. And we would email back and forth sometimes when she would be at work and I would just email her back and It was just a cute thing that we did and suddenly I regretted it and I can't even find those emails. I have no idea where they are. They're just lost. And all the time she just tried to get me to talk to her and I just didn't want to. I could have, but I just didn't. And I didn't have that person around anymore. To just even have, like, the idea of being able to go to. And 
I felt a lot of regret. And I don't regret much because regret regret is just stupid and you can't take back what happens. But sometimes stuff like that, losing someone that important is just going to make you feel regretful for those things. Um, so, we went to London, and before that, obviously, we had her funeral and her wake. And sometimes when I think about the wake, I remember my grandma and my grandpa going in there, and this was their, their, one of their daughters, and, you know. People always say that you're not supposed to bury your kids. They're supposed to bury you. And they had to bury one of their first kids when she was only, like, 50. And I just remember seeing my grandma just fall to the floor because she was so upset. Right outside, or um, right next to the casket. And... My grandpa having to pick her up because, I mean, someone was so upset about losing their daughter and having to bury their daughter. And I couldn't even look at her still because it wasn't her. She was made up to look like someone I didn't even know. And she she just didn't look the same, but... One thing I remember is she didn't want anyone wearing black to her um, funeral. She wanted people to wear colors. and So my mom took me in to get a shirt that I don't think I ever wore again. Because how can you for something so sad? But it was just purple and white. And I was greeting people as they came in to the service. And I was trying to be polite and smile. And I remember one person saying to me, how can you smile? This isn't a time to smile. And to this day, that still gets me because she didn't want people to be sad. She wanted the people to celebrate her life. And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to honor my aunt. And I was trying to respect her wishes because she's my aunt. And she was the most wonderful person in the world. And she was a goddamn angel. And she deserved all the love back that she gave. And that's all I was trying to do and someone to come up to someone that's grieving, grieving family member and be like, why are you smiling? I'm allowed to smile because I'm so sad inside. Let me have this moment. I'm so sorry that sounded like I was singing. (laughs) Um, And, oh. And then after that, um, oh my god, there was just so many things that were so weird. <sighs> we went to London, and she was, first of all, she was buried in a fucking beautiful place. And from then on, I just had to learn how to deal with not having someone around. I think I finally deleted her number in my phone because it doesn't go to anything. I can't even hear her voice. And have a really hard time still listening to recordings with her voice in it because all I hear is that beautiful woman just saying 
just being such a kind and loving person and all of a sudden we were doing Relay for Life and if you don't know what that is, it is uh, American Cancer Society uh, function where you literally just walk around a track and you're in this big group and you just try to raise money before it and you stay up all night long. <laughs> and I remember the first year we did it and they do like a candlelight visual for people who have lost their loved ones. And oh my God. We're standing there in shirts that say WWDD instead of WWJD. What would Jesus do? Is what would Debbie do? <laughs> it was just, I mean, so appropriate. And um, we're walking and we're looking at all of these names and we stopped in front of hers because, and we all just sit down and God, we are all crying it was so weird it felt like we were so connected at that one moment oh my god and then um I think this people that we knew that lived next to her in the town home were coming up to us and just you know not apologizing but just asking how we were and talking to us and it felt so surreal because I hadn't seen these people in a really long time. But it just felt nice to f- make it feel like this was something everyone felt sad about. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but it was just like you see these people that she lived next to and you see the people that she impacted. Even just a little, even if there are little shits that she lived next to and... um I don't know. (laughs) You know, she treated everyone with kindness and respect and she valued everyone and she tried to give everyone the chance they deserve because everyone deserves a chance. I mean, like, you know, people like Hitler don't deserve a chance, but still, people deserve a chance. I don't know why I keep bringing it back to Hitler. (laughs) Um, But trying to laugh through it oh <laughs> but I had my sophomore year and I was just so fucking depressed and I guess it it was just harder every year and then um I don't know it just felt like it got a little easier I mean don't get me wrong on her birthday and on the day she passed away I'm sad even if I don't remember what day it is I just a wave of sadness rushes over me because it's like my brain just knows hey it's a hard day but there are some things that I can say with dealing with a loss it's fucking hard it is so goddamn hard anyone can tell you that watching someone and listening to someone die it's not ideal. <laughs> I um, would rather have one stick a knife in my arm. <laughs> Honestly, that would be probably be less painful. But you figure out a way to manage it. Because I remember, you know, my cousin felt the couch move. And I remember coming home, turning around, and all of a sudden I just saw a dog. And it was staring at me, just right in the road just staring at me. It wouldn't come. It wouldn't move. 
it was just staring. And I told my mom, and she goes, oh. And she tries to call it as well, and I think I've told this story in previous episodes, but it wouldn't come. It just stared, and it felt like it was staring directly at me. And, like, we went inside for a second, and for a second, there was no way that this dog could get that far without us seeing him or her. But they, it, the dog was gone. And it just felt like my aunt was there to say, hey, this is your favorite animal, and um, I'm okay. And it's okay. And uh, I know she didn't want us to be sad, and she didn't want us to cry, but sometimes you just have to. And the only thing I can say for losing a loved one is, God, if your parents are willing to pay for it, go to therapy. Because you need the grief counseling. You do. And even if you don't think you do, I wish... I would have asked, even if I only went for a session, I just wish I would have asked because maybe it would have made healing a little bit easier and everyone has their ways of coping and I just chose to cope silently because how the fuck does a 16 year old say, hey mom, I want to go to therapy because I am so fucking sad. I didn't know how, I'm not good with my emotions. I didn't know how to explain it and then Suddenly, I'm, oh my god, a junior or senior, no, I'm a junior in college, and I have this boyfriend that I'm trying to spend time with, and my grandpa won't let me stay the weekend with him because, unless I go to church on Sunday, and I don't want to go to church because I'm not ready to accept the fact that someone could take someone so amazing from this earth so young and someone we all still truly loved and needed and take them back like a selfish monster so I just stopped believing in religion and that is not my fault and I'm allowed to do that but I remember my mom coming up and being like what's wrong why won't you go and I was just like I don't I don't believe in God I was like telling her that I hated her. <laughs> she was just so distraught. And she's like, do you want to talk to someone? And when she asked me that, it didn't feel like she was asking, do you want to talk to someone because you're sad? It felt like she was asking, do you want to talk to someone so they can convert you back into religion? And that's not what I wanted. So I said no. And honestly, I wish I hadn't because I wish sometimes I could still go to therapy. And I can. I'm 24 years old. I can still go to fucking therapy but now it's a little bit harder. Because I have to pay for it myself. <laughs> and I'm a broke ass bitch. But. And then I had to go downstairs. And my grandpa asked me again. Why won't you go? And I think that was the only time I ever saw. The look of extreme disappointment in my grandfather's eyes. Because I didn't believe in God and I I felt like I disappointed so many people in my family so not only did I lose my aunt but I disappointed some of the most important people in my life and I know that they don't hate me for it and I know that they love me no matter what but my God the look that you get without them even meaning it oh it's the worst goddamn look in the world and you can I could never find anything worse. And so, 
I know this is just a really long story about my aunt and her passing, but you can't just let shit hurt you. You have to do something about it. You have to see someone. You have to talk to someone because if you have the opportunity to, you should. Go through as many therapists as you need to help yourself because your mental health is so important. And the people you love that will pass, they want to make sure you're happy because they loved you just as much, if not more, than you love them. It's okay to admit that you're not okay. My 21st fucking birthday, I got smashed. And the last thing I remember was telling my now husband, I'm still so sad about my aunt dying and I don't know if I'm ever going to be okay with it. But every year, her passing day comes. And I, although sometimes I just forget what day it is. My heart feels heavy, but I know she's there because I think about her and I thank her so much for all of the things that she's ever done for me, all the things she's ever taught me because she was a fucking saint and no one can tell me otherwise. (sighs) So please... Your mental health is the most important thing in this world. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if people call you a little bitch because you're depressed and you need pills to make it better because the world literally fucking sucks. I don't care if people make fun of you for talking to a therapist. Going to therapy is not bad. It doesn't make you a loon. Go to therapy because you need it. Talk to someone because you need it. Write about it because you fucking need it. You have to deal with these things. You can't lock yourself away just because you're a hormonal teenager and you think that is the only way you can cope. People give a shit about you. Find someone you love. Even if they're not around years from now. You confided in someone. Dealing with someone passing is not easy. Figuring out how to go about dealing with it, it can change so much. (laughs) It can change so much. So, um, I apologize for any of the lags and the middle of this because I stopped talking to try and collect myself but and I know it wasn't amazing advice and it was mainly just really really sad sorry but I really personally needed to get it out and also you know just kind of tell you guys like what it's like to feel those emotions and deal with them and I am fucking freezing in my house right now um but Um, just remember you're not alone. You're not. Someone is hoping to God you'll talk to them because they know that you need it. Talk to someone that you haven't spoken to in years. If they are willing to listen, talk to them. 
There are so many times in my life where I just want to message people that I haven't talked to in so long because they don't know me well enough and I just want to fucking vent because they know me enough to know that maybe it hurts. And life sucks and we're all going through something and it doesn't hurt to just have someone by our side. Maybe even for like 10 minutes or 40. (laughs) And maybe it's a group of people. But it's something. And it's someone. Take care of yourself because you are all you have at the end of the day. And, um... I apologize now for making you all cry. (laughs) And um, just remember that you are just as important as everyone else in this world. And also, I don't know. (laughs) Just take care of yourself and take care of the people around you because sometimes you don't know when the last time is going to be. So, that was depressing as shit. Um, <laughs> I haven't decided if I'm going to sponsor this episode, but if I do, it's sponsored by Pocket Cast. That's segue. <laughs> um, you guys can follow me on Twitter uh, at Regal something. <laughs> you guys can follow me on Twitter at... Uh, Oh boy. <laughs> at Regal, R I G E L underscore 1594. Again, that is R I G E L underscore 1594. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram as well if you give a shit about my poetry. Um, I'm trying to get more into that now. So if you want to follow me there as well, you can follow me at Regal, R I G E L underscore 1294. And I love you guys. And I thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry this one was a little bit longer, but uh, I hope you guys learned something or just got to listen to me cry for about 42 minutes. (laughs) All right. Bye.